What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn some new tricks and to find a better way. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. Welcome back, Dan. Hey, thanks so much. Listen, I really liked last week's episode. That was a really cool uh, interview. Oh, thanks. Uh, Jeff is a is a, a good guy and has learned some very interesting stuff, and uh, I figured it'd Clearly. be worth passing along. Um, and, and, and you he were was so, he was so cute, like, oh, I'm sorry, I rambled so much. Yeah, <laughs> no, dude, I was like, dude, this is great. like a 30 minute episode. It's the shortest yeah, one ever. It was so good. So you were in Snake River. I was in, yeah. So I went to visit my family in, um, they live in Salt Lake City, Utah. And then um, we have a family cabin in Eastern Idaho, which is on the North Fork of the Snake River. It's about um, half an hour west of West Yellowstone, Montana. And um, it's where I, man, every summer of my youth, you know, it's where I learned to drive a boat and drive a stick and kiss a girl. And um, much of much of my upbringing happened there. It was, uh, it was great to be back and great to have my five-year-old there. I will say one of my favorite things to do there is sit on the porch with a beer and a book and watch the river. And that is not a particularly five-year-old friendly um, endeavor. So (laughs) it ended up being a much more charging around sort of trip than I usually wish they could be up there. But there'll be years for that. It'll be fine. And just to be clear, it is not an actual river full of snakes. Is that correct? Uh, There are snakes, but mostly it's a river full of trout. Got it. Because that would be terrifying. I don't know why anybody would want to live there if it was just a, a, a flowing body of water of nothing but snakes. That would, that would be, be alarming. That would be alarming. That would be bad. So we have a uh, we have a submission. Cool. Fan mail. And uh, this actually is a topic that we are, uh, we're going to try and dig into a little bit for, uh, for our episode today. We'll try and keep everything short and maybe we'll do a quick recap of what else we've been up to. Um, sure. but I'll go ahead and kick off this, uh, this topic. Um, this is from Jay who, uh, runs a band called jukebox revival. Uh, he says, first off, love the show. I can't remember if you guys covered any of this material before. And if so, just point me to the episode. We have not covered it up to this point. Um, and even if we had, you know, <laughs> how, how many times can we say things? Not enough, right? Exactly. It's just, there's there's it, everything bears repeating. So this one is um, the, the two things that he really wants to kind of go over are the trials and tribulations of finding band members and the best places to look and how to get your foot in the door um, when you're just getting started uh, booking first gigs and uh, and just kind of making those connections. Yeah, um, good. I feel like we both have pretty solid things to say about it. And I think your take on the second topic has been pretty well worn, but we'll, we'll go ahead and go over that as well again. You bet. So how did you find your bandmate, uh, bandmates? Well, um, so I currently have three other people in my band, Justin, my co-front guy and my drummer, Tony and my bassist, Scott. And, um, Justin and I met each other, three or four years ago at our wives company's Christmas party. So it was just one of those like serendipitous. Um, um, I mean, our wives knew we'd hit it off. So she, they sort of masterminded it, but um, you know, just one of those people you meet in the world and kind of connect with and know you want to do music with and sort of realize you're talking the same game. And he and I orbited each other for a little while before we decided to found this one together. Um so that's blind luck, you know, <laughs> it's just yeah. a happen, happenstance in a, in a random universe. Um, the other two I actually found on Craigslist yep. and I wrote a really great, um, 
thing about what we were looking for and who we were trying to be. I think the 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 no matter where you look, and there are some other resources we might get into in this conversation, but mm-hmm. Craigslist or wherever, yep. I think it's really important uh, and sets a really important tone to have the communication you put out be complete and have the expectations clear and have the the mission of the band the the brand to to whatever degree it exists at that point clear you know i put out an ad that said funky drummer needed for eclectic cover band looking to gig twice a month we all have day jobs and kids we're never going to tour but we're going to have a lot of fun and um take on the local scene in a big way and yeah um and I had – and then did that again for bassist. Um, in both cases, I had multiple responses um, and I pruned immediately the ones that didn't um, – sort of didn't respond in kind. You know, people came back and said, yo, sup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, did not, did not get a response from me. Yeah. The people I, who came – go ahead. ahead. No, I've, I've, well, I was going to say that um, the the one thing that I always try to do when I'm putting something out on Craigslist is to have a specific action item that needs to happen. And that's yeah. the easiest way to weed people out because if people don't go to the trouble of actually reading the ad, you know, they don't really deserve a response anyway. So. Yeah, I don't I don't need to be I don't need to spend time if they're just shotgunning responses out. Yeah. Um, but if they can tailor it to me and if they can respond to what I'm looking for specifically, then that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, then I auditioned, um, Tony was the first drummer I saw and we knew immediately that we had to have him. Um, I didn't even see any other drummers. I saw two bassists and, um, they were both about equally good. The thing that impressed me about Scott was, um, uh, he, he, um, we could talk about auditioning too. That's a, that's the kind of a, let's, let's just, let's come back to that in this conversation. Yeah. Um, cause there's a whole discipline around auditioning people. Um, I ended up going with Scott because the other bassist we were looking at, um, travels a lot for work and I already have Tony who travels a lot for work and he is so totally worth it. Um, but we thought having two people with busy work travel schedules might be challenging. So, um, so we went with the guy who stays local. So that was, that's the story of founding this band. I, I'll tell you, I've had a ton of luck on Craigslist. One time, in a previous band, I had a bassist quit half an hour before practice started, and we posted on Craigslist just before practice was supposed to start, and got a response that we checked. We took a break at some point, looked at the responses, and actually had a guy from down the street who came and joined us for the last hour of that night's practice, <laughs> and ended up joining the band. I mean, that's, I've had really good luck on Craigslist. That's crazy. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so the my current lineup is, I guess Craigslist uh, adjacent. Uh-huh. Um, the way that that one started was that somebody actually was looking for looking to put an '80s band together. Um, that was like basically a manager that was looking to book this particular act, um, and I I answered that one and you know went through all the channels I needed to go through, and then we we all met the night of our first show, which was out of state. Cool. Which was kind of scary. Um, sure. But everybody did a pretty good job. And, you mm-hmm. know, that was that was kind of a, you know, baptism by fire kind of scenario. Um, in that, the guitar player that I met through that particular ren- version of the band is actually still with us. Um, and when the other two guys kind of peeled off, uh, he had recommendations for... Uh, a replacement bass player and a replacement drummer. And um, 
as they peeled off, uh, one of the guys was recommended via just some people in the church community that were musicians that I knew. And then the, the bass player who left, uh, recommended the bass player who filled in for him. (laughs) And so you're kind of, you know, with us, it's like people will get this gig and then they kind of go on to other things. Uh, both of those guys actually are now, uh, touring musicians with country artists. Um, and the current lineup is myself, uh, our female vocalist, um, the guitar player from the original lineup, uh, the drummer who was uh, recommended by our front of house guy who also happens to own a studio. Uh, he was like, this is my studio drummer. And um, he was a great fit. And then uh, our bass player was a guy that I've known for probably 20 years at this point from playing original music uh, that always was just kind of had a fun energy and was a great live performer that, you know, we had been back and forth about getting into projects. I don't know, for the past 10 years, at least. Um, and then I finally just had something going where I was like, Hey, can you do this? And he hopped in and it's been, it's been really solid. This lineup is really, really good. good. So really, uh, you know, it's been b- via word of mouth. Um, and you know, that's why we always talk about, you know, making sure that you are as professional as possible and that you keep your reputation under wrap, you know, close to the, close to your hip because, um, I hire people based on people's word alone. Sure. Um, and I've definitely gotten burned, uh, when people over, over promised and under delivered, but you know, most of these guys are just recommendations from other professionals who know that they can do the gig. So, yeah, it's really be, uh, you know, we've said it before. It's really powerful being part of the scene. Mm-hmm. You get connected with gigs, you get connected with players, you get connected with all, just all kinds of resources, you know, and you just, you just happen to, so I love the way you share that. Cause it's like, there are these people that just, you know, of them, they just, they're just out there and you're yep. aware of them or you've got connections to them. And, um, you know, I didn't quite have that when I started the clanky Lincolns. I had to, yeah reach out to some online services. You know, there's a, there's a website called band mix mm-hmm. that, uh, I don't know about any other area, but here it seems to be pretty well populated with musicians. Um, and you can, you know, people can mark themselves as looking for a project or, um, you know, looking for even looking for specific, uh, other kinds of musicians, other instrumentalists. Um, so it's a pretty useful thing, I think. Um, yeah might check that out if Craigslist isn't getting it for you, but, but, um, you know, and, and, and there may be markets where Craigslist isn't, you know, just hasn't caught fire with the musicians, yeah. but certainly around here, it, it seems to be the thing. Well, and another thing that, um, that can be useful is it, at least in our area, there are, um, public and private Facebook groups, um, like Atlanta area, like for, for musicians in the Atlanta area. Mm. Um, so you can use that if you're an acoustic guy and you need it, you need a date filled or, um, you know, you're like, Hey, I'm this person, I can do this and this, and I'm looking for sub work or I need a bass player for this event, yada, yada, yada. Um, and again, if you, if there's not one of those things for your local scene, then there's nothing stopping you from starting one. That's right. So, um, you know, we've, we've definitely been, uh, obsessed with the idea of making your own way. And if something doesn't exist to do it yourself. So take that entrepreneurial spirit and just dive right in. Absolutely. So any other, Absolutely. uh, passing, well, you know, um, we, we mentioned auditioning. Um, yeah. I can say a little about my, my practices around that. Um, cause I, um, 
there are several dimensions on which you want to be assessing somebody uh, on an audition. The first is the, um, uh, I'm going to be spending a lot of time with this person. Can I stand them? Yep. Aspect, right? So a really, really, really great player who is a jerk, you just have to soul search a little bit, whether you're willing to sign on to that. If their great playerness overcomes their jerkness. And for me, for me being a jerk is a total deal breaker. I'm not interested. Um, there is the dimension called their availability. And I talked about the basis too. We didn't bring on because yeah. I had concerns about their availability. There's the dimension called um, their work ethic. And that was one of the things that I loved about Scott. I mean, how I test for work ethic in a, in a um, audition situation is I'll send them a list of maybe 10 songs. I'll tell them to choose three to prepare and, um, and they'll come and we'll do those three and we'll just, I'll just see how they prepared and, and yeah. I'll teach them any place we deviate from the recording, but I'll basically say prepare from the recording. Cause I know the yeah. recordings of those ones real well too. Um, and there are places we deviate. I mean, you know, how many songs do a fade out at the end that we have to do some other kind of stop on. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'll teach them what we do there and we'll play through them each a couple of times and then I'll start throwing them stuff that's not on the list and just, um, I'm testing their, uh, their, their genre knowledge and mm-hmm. also their ability to, uh, learn by ear, their ability to pattern recognize, you know, if somebody's, um, sort of can't get it together th- th- by the third verse, how the verse goes. Yeah. That's kind of a red flag. Yeah. Um, I, I- I typically know within the first four bars whether this is you know whether it's working or it's not. Um, yeah, I'm a little more generous than that, especially with new stuff. I'm just throwing at them they maybe have never seen before. Yeah. Um, I'll let them I'll let them play the song out with me for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, um, uh, you know, by the end of that, you have a pretty good feel whether there's somebody and and you know, you'll notice I did not say raw talent on their instrument. No. is at the top of my list. It's really not. I'm willing to develop somebody, especially if they're willing to do the work. That's yeah. I'm, their, their ability and willingness to do the work is way more interesting to me than that they're some kind of, you know, rocket hot guitarist or something. Right. Because yeah. I'm not. You know, the, the, only, the only, you know, really stellar musician in our group is Tony, and he holds us together in a way that is profound. Um, and the rest of us are good enough. We're good enough. We're fine. We're, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not looking necessarily for somebody who's going to be, you know, some massively chopped person. Um, I just need to know I can work with them and I need to know that, uh, that they're going to do the work. Well, yeah. And if you're lucky, you, you know, you find somebody who's, who's all of those things. Ideally. Sure. You know, and, and when I met Tony, um, uh, <laughs> it was funny in that audition, it was just him and me. And, um, the reality of course is he was auditioning me. Um, mm-hmm. which I didn't entirely appreciate at the time, but, but, um, I realized in that audition that I have these finely honed skills for catching up when a drummer moves the one. Yeah. Right. He'd, you know, a drummer will do a fill and come in, you know, end it somewhere other than one. And I'm really good at like, Oh, okay. We just, we just, you know, we dropped some beats or just something happened there, but I'm right on it. I'm, I can catch up immediately because every drummer I've ever played with, I've had to do that every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, in that audition, Tony was landing fills somewhere other than one on purpose, and it was not a mistake. But I'd catch up with where he, where it's felt to me like he'd just moved the bar, and mm-hmm. but he hadn't. And he was, you know, he landed that on a three on purpose, and the one was coming two beats later, and that was all fine. 
Um, and it kind of right there was like, I, I was aware I was dealing with a whole new level of drummer than I'd ever worked with before. So, yeah. um, sometimes they blow you away that he had a, uh, a, a meeting with another band the next night. And, um, Justin and I were chatting like, man, I hope he's having a terrible time with them tonight. I hope he's having just like the worst time ever. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, he, he was, he was, he, he decided he'd have more fun with us. So we lucked out. Yeah. Um, the, the thing with auditioning, that's always kind of, I don't know, it, it, it can, it can definitely be tricky. Um, trying to figure out, you know, you're trying to suss all of those things out and, and, you know, the musicality versus personality, uh, push and pull is always kind of tough. Um, you know, we, we have multiple guys who, you know, come and go in this group and all of them bring kind of like a unique perspective and something that they, they add to the mix. Um, you know, some guys are really, really technical, um, but have some quirkiness and some aren't quite as technical, but are really good fun to hang out with. And so you do have to kind of find the balance. And as long as it doesn't affect the overall product, you know, you can, you can have, um, kind of variables in play, uh, when you're doing, um, when you're bringing people in and that's just, that's just the way it's going to be because, you know, people are different. You can't just, you can't just turn out, you know, identical players, um, because we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different influences. We all have different strengths. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, on that subject, um, I don't think I've, I don't think I've told you this yet. Um, uh, I was asked to join a, a, another band, a second band as a side player, guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually the band that we opened for back in April called Viva La Muerte, oh. uh, which is uh, about two thirds originals, dead inspired Americana, very much a loose improv jam band, mm-hmm. um, which is completely different from the ethos of, what I'm doing with the clanky Lincolns, which is all about tightness and precision. Right. right? Um, so it's a good brain expander. Plus they do a lot of stuff they do is very modal and, and funky and, um, also a, a good departure from my sort of square box pentatonic that I end up in <laughs> to yep. doing, you know, straight ahead rock and roll. Um, the, uh, reason for that is their previous guitarist, who's a great guitarist was also a massive prima donna mm-hmm. and, um, um, wanted to drive the, drive the boat, um, in ways that, um, I mean, ultimately the, the leader of that band got it basically an ultimatum from the drummer and bassist that the, you know, either he went or they did. Yeah. Um, and so he went and so he reached out Bye. to me. So, yeah. So, you know, the, it, it, ideally <laughs> like, like with my guys, basically like with all four of the people in my band, hopefully including me, uh, speaking for myself, I guess, um, there's musical chops that are, sufficient plus and they're great guys to hang out with. And I can certainly yeah. say that about my, about my band. Um, so we've really lucked out there, but, but you know, as you're assessing a new member, you have to, yeah, you have to, you have to realize that it's a full, fully rounded, uh, actual complex human that you're looking at and not just how their, you know, hands go on their instrument. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely more, there, there's more to it than, than that for sure. Definitely. Um, and yeah, the, the, nobody wants to be in a, in a band with a really talented person, uh, who is a complete pain in the butt to handle. Uh, I've been, I've been on the other side of that and, uh, even as a sub and it was just like, just being in the room with this person is so miserable. And, yeah. you know, it was one of those situations where they were, they were like, 
they they stopped calling me back and I was I was fully prepared that if they did call me I was going to tell them no. So it right. all it all worked out in the you know in its timing. Right. So right and on the flip side, I you know I did my first acoustic um, uh, rehearsal with uh, Viva La Muerte and it was just it was the two of us on guitar and the banjo player and the fiddler and um, at the end of it, this fiddle playing girl like threw her arms around me and said, "Thank you for bringing joy to this band." That's <laughs> I was like. Wow. All That's right. A pretty You're welcome. Endorsement. And, yeah. and like, I'm sorry, it's been something. I mean, you know, they stood around and shared war stories about this dude for a little while. Wow. Um, yeah. Hey, for people listening at home, you don't want to be that person. Do not be that no, person. Oh, don't be that person. You know, we all know, we all know somebody who is too big for their britches yeah. and, um, either they don't know about it or they do know about it and they don't care. And both of those are not great. Right. One of them you can potentially walk back the other one there's no hope for. Right. So. Right. Well, good man. I'm glad that, you know, this this new venture is um is working out for you and that it's a a, a challenge in a in a new way. Yes, it'll stretch my brain in very interesting ways, I think. Yeah, I mean, when when I was doing Convoy, which is technically exists in a form that either I'm not a part of or is not currently active. Uh, I still, I still don't know, but it was, it was definitely more of a, more of a, um, kind of loose deal. Like, you know, if there, maybe, maybe we'll do four solo breaks in this song, who knows? Um, you know, that kind of thing. And, and it was just kind of more of the, it's, it was the, the, the equation of the, the five guys in the room. Um, and it was always kind of dangerous in, in that way. Whereas, you know, members is, clean and precise and surgical, um, yeah. and things, you know, things happen at certain times and they're always going to happen. They'll happen a certain way and all of that. Right. So. right. You know, I sat in with, with Viva La Morte on bass, uh, one time last summer and, um, there was a, we were rehearsing once and there was like a part of a song I didn't, there were, there were, I just asked Matt, the, the songwriter and leader of it, you know, what do you want me to do right here? And he looked at me and said, do whatever makes you happy, man. <laughs> I was like, wow. All right. <laughs> cool. I can do that. That's fine. I will never <laughs> say that to any of my players. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Hopefully I mean, what, hopefully what I have you do makes you happy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. What will make me happy is if you do exactly what it does in the record. Right. That's unfortunately that's, that's how my brain works. So, so moving along from, uh, personnel and auditioning and all of that good stuff, um, can you drop a little knowledge, which I think, I think your, um, your approach is just right on, just perfect. Yeah. Um, All about right. getting, getting your, uh, getting your foot in the door and, um, totally. and kind of establishing relationships. Go ahead Absolutely. and lay it on man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I like the way you said it, establishing relationships. Um, I have sent a lot of introduction emails that have gotten absolutely no response. Um, I, uh, I don't think that works at all. Um, the best thing, the best thing an email introduction can do is that when you walk into the place and meet the guy and he says, Oh, you need to email me. You can say, Oh, I already did. Cause then you're in a conversation. Um, right. what you need to do is go out and meet people and you need to go to venues in person. I recommend doing it in pairs. You know, if you've got somebody in the band that you have good rapport with and, and whatever, um, what I did was I made a marketing piece. I made a flyer. It was a, a U.S. legal size flyer that was um, pretty and communicated our brand well and well designed. And I printed it on nice glossy paper and I paper clipped a, a business card to it. 
And then we went around and knocked on doors. Well, we didn't knock on doors. We went into we went into bars. And in my opinion, the very best time to catch a bar manager um, to have that conversation is Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. I know that's very specific, but <laughs> if it's a restaurant, the lunch rush is over, dinner rush hasn't started yet. The rest, you know, the the manager kind of has a minute to breathe right then, and um, you can probably you can probably actually have a conversation with them. Handing over this flyer that I made gave us instant credibility. Now, the fact is, the first place we walked into, it's a little restaurant and bar down the street from me here. Um, we'd never, you know, we hadn't had our first gig yet. We literally, you know, we were, we were looking for our first gig and I handed the manager, the owner, actually this, this flyer. And he looked at it and was like, wow, this is really, this is, most bands don't do this. Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, we're looking to sort of make our mark and have it be, you know, we're, we're professional about this thing. He's like, wow. Right. So he pulled out his calendar. Right. And, um, and we booked our first date with him and, um, oh, okay. Here's a, here's a good trick. Here's a good trick. While they've got their calendar out and they're looking at it, here's what you say. And you've got the first one booked, right? And they've still got it open. Say, why don't we, why don't we just go ahead and book two? Yeah, for sure. Right? That way, you know, if you, if you hate us the first time, we'll cancel the second one. But that way yeah. we just got, you know, a little traction on the calendar. And we can just – and he's like, fine, sure. And he flipped ahead a couple of months and we booked a second one. And those were um, – at the time, those were our first two bookings. We, we ended up with one date later that booked later that was – ahead of those dates. Mm-hmm. So they weren't actually our first shows, but, but they were our first bookings. And, and it was on the strength of absolutely no track record, absolutely no resume, nothing but this assertion on glossy paper that we knew what we were doing. Yeah. Um, Fake it to you make it, man. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's what branding is. <laughs> Basically, right. I mean, we, we went in and asserted our brand and part of our brand is we're professional, we're together, we know what we're doing, we're a good partner. And that was what that, that, that was what the, the design of that thing communicated, but even just the existence of it yeah. communicated that. So that was one thing. Um, I will say in the time since then, I mean, all the, all the language on that was about how we're the newest and the hottest new and the, you know, change of pace from the whatever. Um, and now a year later, that's not true. We're not the newest. Um, yeah. We're still a change of pace from what, what a lot is out there, but I've, I've rebuilt that thing recently to have quotes from, uh, venue managers and people who've hired us for events and, mm-hmm. and weddings and things. So it's now, it's now got a lot of gig pictures on it and sort of interspersed around the page quotes from, you know, the manager of this place or yeah. so-and-so event coordinator and that sort of thing. So it, it speaks a little more to our track record and our, um, our resume. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of those things that you really need to, uh, to start looking for, um, as far as, you know, promotional is, you, you know, you, you play to your strengths. And at one point you played to the fact that you were new and that you were yep. the freshest thing coming. And that's, that's what, that's what works for you. But now yeah. you have a track record and you have a verifiable track record based on the testimonials of other people. Um, yep. and that yep. is in marketing, huge. we call that social proof. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you right, right now, um, I just finished a, uh, a book that actually was tasked, uh, for me to read by work called building a story brand. Um, huh, good. It is completely mind blowing. Um, I, I started the book on a Monday. I, it was finished by Wednesday. I completely devoured it. Um, nice. and in doing so, I, I've been tweaking our website. I've been doing all of these different things. Like it really kind of switched 
it, it, it's something switched on in my head and I've been really like obsessed with it. So I'm actually Good. making our admin guy read it um, so that we can kind of together build a uh, kind of a marketing plan around uh, the principles of this book. And if, um, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Uh, get it on Amazon or Audible uh, for the the amount of information and you know help they could provide your group um it is it is a very small amount um but this company like it it is a full-fledged company and they do this like for businesses so it's not just you know reading a book but there's there's some follow-up stuff and if you i mean sky's the limit in what they can do and what you can (laughs) what you can pay uh, for them to do it for you so highly recommend it really really good stuff um one of the things you, you know talking about testimonials um you know, we've got people that come to our shows and that are super supportive. And, um, I, I have gone to the, uh, task of bribing them. Um, I was like, if you shoot a selfie video about how much you like us, I will buy you a cup of coffee. I will send you a $5 Starbucks card. Um, and I thought that the Jack would start rolling in, but I had to like literally personally ask people to do it. Um, Hmm. but what I have gotten for the, you know, five bucks at a pop, um, as far as testimonials go has been amazing and cool. will definitely be usable. Um, the other thing that happened while we were, uh, while we were off the air, as it were, um, we did that show up in Kingsport, Tennessee, their, uh, newspaper did an article about the kickoff of this event that we were kind of doing the, the kickoff party for. Awesome. And in the newspaper, they wrote members only the nation's premier eighties tribute band. Dang. It's in a newspaper. So Dang. you know what I did? I changed all of our promotional material to quote them to say yeah. that we are, according to this, Nation's the Nation's Spirit 80s tribute. Bam. <laughs> and I don't Excellent. get excited about stuff. My my wife gets on me all the time that I don't get excited about things. You should have seen me. <laughs> I'll bet. I was just uh, elated. I was so great. happy. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's till somebody points out and says fake news. Right. But you know, till then, yeah, no, I'll take it. I, I, Um, you know, I, I actually, I, I stole the paper and I took a picture of it so I could like pull it up at a moment's notice and somebody, you know, gives me crap about it. It's very good. It's very good. Very good. Now, listen, the other, the other thing I want to talk about in terms of, um, first starting out, first starting to get traction, that sort of thing. Um, you want to stay organized about who you talk to, what their name is, what their contact information is. You want to stay on top of the follow-up game. Um, I don't mind being a little bit of a nuisance. And, and I've had venue managers say they appreciated me staying on top of them because, you know, a, a bar manager is dealing with a thousand details a day and you are not one of them unless you're in front of them. You know, yep. unless you make yourself be, you know, on their radar, you're not going to be. Um Similarly, if somebody says they'll call me back, they're not calling me back. I mean, I, I thank them for the offer, but I tell them I'll be back in touch. Yeah. Um, I had a guy, we played a first first show at a place and had a blast and then couldn't raise the dude again. And Justin and I stopped in there on our last um, gig hunting expedition. And by the way, um, Justin and I do this and we go out um, once a month or so, and we target different cities in the area and, and, and stop in all the venues, including ones we played in that we don't have anything on the calendar for. Um, the dude said, Oh, I don't have my calendar on me. Text me tonight. Text me tonight. We'll book something. I'd love to have you back. 
and I've now texted him three times, and that was three weeks ago. And and I'm about to send him another text that says, "Listen, buddy, you, you know when when you're ready, we'll be here." But <laughs> you know, I don't want to burn a bridge, but uh, uh, you know, this this is the last time I'll be reaching out to you when, when you're interested. Yeah. I'll I'll be available. Yeah, um, I mean, and and coming to them with confidence is the way to go because you know the kids call it being thirsty. You don't want to look thirsty. Um, you don't. You know, well, plus, um, there is this really powerful sales technique. Not that I want to be too salesy, but it is a sales process. There's this, there's this thing called taking away the sale, right? Where you say, um, you get, you know, just talking to somebody about the thing and then they start saying, yeah, uh, you know what? I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if this is for you. And <laughs> the immediate response is like, oh, well, but it might be, you know, like it, it's a way of drawing the customer to you, um, you just take away the opportunity for them to buy and, and suddenly it gets them all revved up. So, um, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not big on sales tactics, like tricks like that. But, um, but in this case, like, I'm just going to communicate to him like, all right, like I get it. You asked me to text and I have been, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, this is, I'll, I'll be here when you need me, but I'm, I'm not going to follow up with you any further. Yeah. Um, and just see what that does. We'll just see what that does. I'll, I'll report back. Yeah. Either I'll never hear from him again, which is okay. There are many, many fish in the sea. Yeah. Or he'll be like, oh, no, dude, sorry. Yeah. And then we'll be somewhere. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely, you know, it, it's also important to know kind of where you lie on the pecking order. Um, yes. Because, some, there, because there are definitely venues that when we reach out, we get immediate responses because of our standing um, either with them or in that area. And then we also have ones where we know that we're kind of low on the totem pole and we might have to send a couple of emails back and forth to get something going. Um, right. And that's just the nature of this business and, and, and those relationships. And so, you know, and again, you don't want to, you want to come across as persistent, but not thirsty. So, you know, keep your, uh, keep your frequency to a, a fairly regular interval, but nothing too obsessive because nobody wants 20 messages from a person that they have no interest in talking to. Um, because all they're going to do is tell their friends, you'll never believe, you know, these, the nerve of these guys. Right. Um, and I've definitely seen people post that kind of stuff online. So yeah. again, yeah. your reputation is everything in, uh, in this business. Do not, you know, tarnish it unnecessarily. Yeah. And there is the right level of nervy. I mean, there's, there's like a, there's like a balance you got to find. And some of that has to do with your own personality and your rapport with that person. And, and, and some of that has to do with stuff you have no control over, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. the kind of day they're having the, you know, I, I, I texted back a guy, um, at another place we played just once and he asked me to follow up with him and, um, and he didn't reply for a little while. And then it turned out he'd been in the hospital having kidney stones. And it was like, buddy, I get it. Don't <laughs> like, yeah. you, you don't even need to apologize. Like I, yeah. I, I so got that. It's not a problem. And, and also if, if they're making up excuses, it's usually pretty obvious. So, you know, sure. use, yeah. use discernment in, in, in your responses. Like when you get them back, be like, you know what, this is either, this is not relevant or this is not viable. Let's, you know, cut your losses and move on and just yep. make a note in your, uh, whatever you're, you're using for, um, for CRM that, you know, Hey, this might be a dead end. Yep. Yeah. And you know, uh, um, you, you gotta be persistent, you gotta be tenacious and you gotta have, um, the ability to have rejection, not be personal. Yeah. Cause it usually isn't, um, well, it almost never is. It almost we, never is. If you, and if you've stepped in it with somebody, you can always fix it. Yeah. Um, or they'll, they'll get fired and it won't matter. Right. 
Turnover <laughs> in this industry is usually pretty high. So Ridiculous. you blow yeah. it. If you blow it with one guy, wait six to nine months and he'll yeah. be gone and there'll be a new new person you can right. start over with. Right, right. So that's at least been my experience. You know, we've that's got, that's we've it. definitely, our, our thing right now is we're trying to break into kind of regional stuff and getting a response back from a cold call or an email is, is tough because you have no reputation. You have no collateral, you have no cachet in that area. And we, you know, we either get no response or we get a, sp- a response that says we are not interested. Yeah. Um, and that's just, that's, you got to take it for what and it you're is. too far away to casually drop in. Exactly. So it is one of those things where, you know, for us, it's, it's just kind of a constant thing. And we're, for us, it's, it's, um, we're updating all of our branding and, you know, we're, shoot, we're, we're, cutting a new promo video, like, you know, that's all that we can do on our end is to, you know, come with better materials and either they're interested or they're not. And, you know, we'll, our, our big push right now is Chattanooga because we've got family there and it's, it's a fairly close drive and, and they don't really have a local scene, which is part of the problem. You know, they just bring people in from out of town yeah. um, and getting into that rotation can be kind of tough, but we'll, you know, we don't need it. It's just something we want to do. Um, the other thing that we're trying to do is, is to potentially you know, brand Fanny Pack Friday is, is something that we can we can move around. Um, the venue that we played it at last time in July, or was, I can't remember what it is. It was probably the first of this month. Um, we uh, we've already booked another follow up Fanny Pack Friday with them, so hopefully it can build some momentum and you know our our numbers will be better than they were last time and it kind of shows that upper trajectory. So well, and listen, what about what about franchising Fanny Pack Friday? Uh, potentially the it clanky link is playing fanny pack Friday. I mean, you, I mean, I if, you, if you want to, I'll give you, <laughs> I'll give you the collateral, you know, all the branding to it. If you want right. to cut me, cut me five to 10 off the top. I'm, I'm yeah, down with that. Yeah. All right, cool. We just, uh, you all heard it. That's a verbal contract. There you go. <laughs> yes. It's, and it's, it's copyrighted as well. Cause it's for, it's fixed in a, a tangible medium of expression. They have it. Yep. Good talk, man. Good. Listen, I got one. I got one more thing. You think we've uh, uh, have we exhausted um, getting new gigs and getting traction? I, this, I we could so. talk about that forever, but I think sure. I think we've got a good cover on it. Because um, here's the next thing I want to chat about. Because um, you are the expert in this, uh, I have um, uh, created and we're going to do at our next show an all '80s set. Wow. Um, and so I pulled some of our '80s stuff out of the first and kind of first and second. Right now, I'm planning to do it third. I may move it to second. Mm-hmm. Um, but we played through a, like a bunch of new tunes for it last night, and it went um, basically really great. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I want to run some songs past you. All right. Just, okay. just '80s tunes. How do they do? All right. Okay. Um, um, we played Sledgehammer forever, and that one almost always kills. Yep. Uh, should I stay or should I go? Clash. Uh, we don't do that one, but it would typically go pretty well. Um, I've got a suggestion, um, because I saw a band do it and I thought it was amazing. Um, so during the, should I stay or should I go now part, Uh they went to double time. Yes. So it kind of like with that kind of like punk energy. So it's like, don't, 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 should I stay or should I go? Like that's, that's in the recording. That's that's, it created. Well, but like really play it up like fast. So like mm-hmm. like a, like a straight kind of punk kind of beat to it. Um, I saw a band do it, and the 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 crowd went completely insane. Cool. Um, All right. We'll so not not just do it like, but like really play it up like, like fast. Crank it. As fast. All right, yeah. That's cool. 
cool. And then slow it back um, down. Back into the verse. Right. Right. Um, I'm seeing people do Don't You Forget About Me with Simple Minds. I don't know. What do you think about that one? Absolutely. It's huge. All right. Um, By the time you get to that second, hey, 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 you don't even have to just throw the mic out. Bow, (laughs) bow, throw the mic out. Everybody in the crowd. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, yeah. We do it every time. It's a big one. Good. Good. Um, One that we've done for a while that people are surprised about but enjoy, um, Wishing Well, Terrence Trent Darby. Mm-hmm. We don't do that one. Yeah, um, it's, we, we have had good uptake on it in the past. I think we're going to stick it in the A yeah. set. Yeah, it'll uh, work. Talking in your sleep, the romantics? Um, it was in the rotation a long time ago. We don't do it much anymore. I would consider that a first setter just to kind of like lay a, lay a base. Okay. All right, good. Um, then there's the one that I've wanted to do. It's a major, major bucket list tune that when we tried it last night, I, at some point I said, we need to find a gig where we can just play this song for four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bowie, let's dance. Nice. Um, we, God, that's hot. Yeah, no, it's, I, it is a great song. And um, we've been talking about putting it into the set. We just haven't. Uh, we did under, we've, we've, we've done Under Pressure, and that's kind of been our Bowie queen mm. nod up to this All point. Right. But yeah, right. um, I'd love to do let. I'd love to do let's dance. We just yeah. haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, I will say of of the Bowie is so eclectic structurally. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, take under pressure. It's just like, am I in a verse now? Is this a chorus? What's even happening? Right? Yeah, um, we, we let's dance um, is a little more structural. It's a little more. Yeah. It's a little clearer what's happening. But yeah, we um we played a a, a version of Convoy played a um a Bowie tribute right after he passed away. Mm-hmm. And the songs that we did were Blue Jean and Modern Love. Ah. Um, both are really, really great. Um, we had a sax player for that that gig, though, so it, it kind of made sense to do those. Um, I really loved Blue Jean. And Modern Love, I, was, I played bass on those songs. And uh, Modern Love is a weird, weird progression. Yeah. It yeah, starts. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it was way out there. Way out there. Yeah. Um, I just love I just love his his vocal performance on the on Let's Dance. The, yeah. Yeah, and Justin nails it. I mean he's a he's a he's doing an amazing impression of Bowie on that song. Um the next one and 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 I um this one's either a serious booty shaker or a total flop. Yeah. Uh, Black Velvet, a lot of miles. Uh, we, we don't do it. All right. Well, I'll let you know. Um, that's, that's a get sexy kids moment. And, um, it is, we don't, we don't really do that. All right. Well, typically, well, well, I'll let you know how that goes. Uh, Footloose, Kenny Loggins. Oh, dude. Big winner. That's a, we typically end the first set with that one because it's got a real strong bump at the end. Yeah. Um, Yep. Uh, man eater, hollow notes. This one I'm, again, I'm not sure about. We do it um, again. First set early yes. on. Um, yes. We, as far as Hall and Oates go, the one that we do more than Man Eater is um, you, "You Make My Dreams Come True" because it's uh, it's, just, it's yeah. a bit more upbeat. Yeah, yeah, and swingy. Man Eater yep. has that pushy feel, like um, you know, I, I put in um, "Pump It Up" um, mm-hmm. that I thought had so much great energy, but it's it, there's there's it's so pushed. There's no pocket to dance in. It's like all. Yep all on top of itself. So it's hard to dance to. And I'm afraid many do the same way, but, but yeah. um, we'll find out. Uh, take on me. Cause how can you not? Yep. We, um, we used to do it really early in the first set and I've had to push it back because you have, you know, vocally it's a, it's a real, 
it's ball breaker. It's, yeah, it's tough. Um, and the other thing that I'm I'm really picky about is 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 doing the I'll be gone in full voice and not in head voice. That's where I feel like, especially if you don't have a strong head voice, um, it, it loses all of that. Um, to me, it, it loses all the power that's in that song. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm still looking for a solution to that. I can't I can't get there in any voice. I'm dropping in an octave on that line, which I hate, but um, but it's ha- it's the only way I can do it. Yeah, I mean that for me that that melody is so iconic. I I don't know, I don't know how I'd feel about somebody taking liberty with that line. Yeah, that know. line in particular. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta I gotta come up with. Um, I actually struggle with the with the first one, the take. You know, depending on where I am, because that's low. Yeah, the, I mean, the yeah. range in that song is crazy, crazy. Yeah, that, but it, funny enough, the high the high part isn't that bad as long as I can. It for me, it's it's trying to keep the vibrato consistent uh, gotcha. as you're pushing. So gotcha, gotcha. Well, I figured out the um, the riff on guitar. Da, 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 that part mm-hmm. I've got I've got that on guitar and um, that works pretty well. Um, so we won't need to sample in a sample on that. I can cover yep. it. Uh, dance hall days, which we've done a while, and I think that's a first setter. I think that's yeah. I think that's not a big dance number. Um, we, we're doing this, um, uh, making it our own version of "Sweet Dreams Are Made of This." Mm-hmm. That is partially inspired by the Eurythmics and partially by uh, Marilyn Manson's Manson. cover of it. Yeah. Um, so it's heavy and it gets huge, and I'm on like my full shred setting on the Helix. Yeah. Um, so it's fun. I don't think it's a dancer, but it, but it'll be fun. Um, do you guys do "You Spin Me Right Round" by Dead or Alive? No, not anymore. But we it probably should come back in rotation. That's another one of those you got to have a real strong kind of upper, you know, deal if you're trying to if you're trying to sing like Pete Burns, right? Because he's got that real kind of thick operatic higher end part. Right, uh, right. right. The baby, yeah, I'm, I'm, you got to yeah. be able to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. Uh, and then Moni Moni. Uh, well, yeah, Moni Moni, that'll we'll kill with that. And then, we'll, go and then we'll end with Purple Rain and that'll be our show closer. There you go. So yeah, those are all good. That was a pretty solid 80s set. I'm, I'm yep. feeling pretty good about it. It's a little over an hour. It's our longest set. Wow. Um, I, and we need to add Africa into it. So I've got to find a little more, I've got to find a little more time from the other two sets somewhere. So yeah. Uh, but I got to get Africa in. It was, you know, I, I put up that poll, um, Survey Monkey poll of '80s mm-hmm. tunes, and Africa was far and away the number one, for sure. So um, you got to so get the got to get the harmonies tight in that uh, in that chorus. Spent some good time on that last night, and and it's good. Uh, um, Justin and Tony can hit the sort of discant high high, and then Tony's an octave below that, and then I'm doing the mm-hmm. middle part in between, and it it works pretty well. Works pretty well. I, I, I do like that harmony line. I bless the rains okay. down in Africa. Yeah. 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 Very nice. Very creative line. Good job to tell. Indeed. All right. Well, uh, thanks for the feedback on that. I will, yeah. uh, uh, we're playing those on next Saturday, August 4th at Foothills awesome. in Winston-Salem. So anybody, you know, any of our dozen listeners who are in Winston-Salem, come on by. Sweet. Yeah, we've got uh, we got a little bit of time off. We um we did a corporate event on Sunday for a company based out of Australia, and the owners of the company were there, and they were talking a, a pretty solid game. They're like, "Oh, we'll bring you to Australia, and we'll bring you here, and we'll bring you there." I mean, I, if that is remotely true, that would yeah. be great. But it was actually interesting. One of the main guys who was like the MC of the night is 
the front person of a cover band. Cool. And um, I made sure that when we were kind of like hanging, I was like, oh, I run this podcast. So uh, I, if he's listening, you know, check the, check out his band in, uh, I think they're in Denver or right outside of Denver in Colorado. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, at first it was kind of nerve wracking because, you know, for us, it's like, oh, you know, if, if somebody knows what, what they're doing, you know, they know all of our secrets. They know all the things that we're doing, you know, maybe they, they'll be impressed or not impressed, you know? Right. Right. But he was he was super on board. He was up front. He was having a blast. It was it was a lot Good. of fun. Good. Probably the most fun that we've had at our corporate event in a long time. They were they came to play. That's great. Um, Love that. So yeah, that was a fun Love night. That. I will say my last gig um was at Sawmill Two, which is a bar in town here yep. that I really look forward to. It's a great venue. And it was a great night. The place was packed and the audience was crazy into it. Even though the stuff we were playing was maybe a little young for them. They they responded really strongly to the energy and um we got rebooked for a second date at the first break. Sweet. So that tells you right there. Yeah, I mean it, it, that that instant feedback is always awesome. Gotta love it. Um, yeah, we we definitely have a couple of gigs that you know w- we're finishing the set and they're like we're doing this again next year and you guys are playing it. I'm like cool, <laughs> awesome. In <laughs> we'll get the contract drafted. Let's let's get, let's get it going. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we um we're gonna take a we're not intentionally taking a bunch of time off but our um our drummer our main drummer has to have like four screws put pulled out of his back oh they were put in and now apparently it's better all healed up. but yeah we're gonna we've we've got some some sub work that we've got to figure out while he recuperates and you know we want him back as soon as possible of course sure of course we don't want to push that too much so yeah but yeah that's what we've got going on um and we we hit our our, our friendly fifty minute number, so I think it's time to uh, to call it a day. Sounds Any good. parting words? Uh, rock on. Oh, okay, that works too. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for us for this week uh, here in Atlanta, uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia. This is Adam Johnson, and I'm Dan Ray, coming to you from Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm leaving that part in, and you have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, Episode 18. Have a good week. Yeah.